0: Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for media reuse at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star 6 as the forced mute function does not work on all phones. Please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. I'll provide further instructions when we get to the question and answer session at the end of the call. Our agenda for today is as follows. From the NOAA National Center for Environmental Information, Doug Cluck. From the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, Kevin Lau. And the Missouri River Water Management Division from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, we have John Remus and his staff. With that, I will hand the call over to Doug Cluck.
1: All right, hey, thank you, uh, Eileen, for getting us all set up. And thanks to the Corps and everyone on the line uh, for participating today. Uh, We can just start with the next slide. It's a little bit shorter than normal. Not that I don't have more to say, but... We'll keep it short um looking at temperatures and precipitation over the last 90 days last three months or so march april uh may into the early part of june uh looking at temperatures on the left compared to normal uh we see uh we think we see temperatures pretty close to normal i guess you'd say across most of the basin. some cool coolish uh uh temperatures when you take those three months and average them all out uh, to, uh, to the north in North Dakota and a little bit in the mountain states there. But generally, we're, we're uh, nothing about the last three months, when all averaged together, uh, was exceptional. Now, um, that wasn't true. Uh, as we know, we break it down by month or week. We had some big swings in there. So uh, we got rid of a lot of snow. Uh, part of that um, is reflected, the snow is reflected in those cool temperatures to the north. Uh, I'll get back to that when we look at the last 30 days. On the right, we see the precipitation in terms of percent of normal over that same period, basically March, April, May, and early June. Um, Red, in this case, and orange and yellow indicate a deficit of precipitation, uh, whereas greens to purple, if you will, uh, show above normal. Uh, precipitation and percentages um, correspondingly to the gra- uh, to the key on the right. So, uh, what's the overall picture here in the Missouri Basin in terms of precipitation this spring? Uh, very dry in the lower basin, uh, South Dakota, eastern Nebraska, uh, portions of uh, most of Kansas, definitely Missouri, uh, western uh, Iowa, all under the gun in terms of drying out when usually uh, we uh, we we sort of get uh, wetter this time of year, so it's a little bit unusual from that aspect. Um, not that the folks from that area don't already know that. Uh, upper Basin is a mixed bag, I would say a mixed bag. There are places, especially recently, that uh, some some pretty darn uh, good rainfalls have happened. We'll see that in the 30 days. Let's go to the next one and we'll we'll look at that. Uh, the last 30 days of of temperatures on the left again. <laughs> Quite a swing from uh, the below-normal temperatures uh, that area in the north experienced. Uh, you can see temperatures of six to eight, almost 10 degrees above normal over the last 30 days, and most of the basin, as a matter of fact, was above normal in terms of uh, temperature. And it, when you average it out again, uh, most of May into early June. <clears throat> On the right is the again the percent of normal precipitation for this same area, and we see, um, in this case, we see the high plains, the, the purples and blues and greens colors uh, getting quite quite a bit of moisture and quite a bit more than normal. Uh, we're over 200% in a large area, western Nebraska, portions of western Kansas, Colorado, um, and all the way up, uh, somewhat less less uh, spectacular up into Montana and uh, in Wyoming and East, uh, I'm sorry, Western Dakotas. On the flip side, uh, you see that dryness continuing all the way from the Canadian border, Eastern Dakotas, Eastern Nebraska, um, Iowa and, and uh, Missouri and somewhat in Kansas, although uh, they fared a little bit better over the last 30 days. Um, next slide. <clears throat> next slide, please. Okay. so. This is hard to look at. I I understand that it looks like everybody got wet, but it's not true. So what we're looking at here is the last seven days of of basically rainfall. And um, you can see compared to normal and you can see where uh, I'm sorry, not not compared to normal. Sorry, this is total amounts. And so what you see, there are uh, areas in green. Basically, green is a half an inch uh, up. So, and, and blue areas are, are pretty minor amounts of precipitation, to be honest, if anything fell there at all. White is zero. Um, yellows and reds, kind of interestingly, are the two, two plus inches of, of precipitation. And you really see some of that uh, showing up uh, sort of central uh, south central Nebraska into north central Kansas, um, all along the Rockies Front Range. Um, and, and some of the lower elevations into Montana, just, just lots and lots of um, uh, precipitation over the last seven days. Unfortunately, less of that uh, further further east, I guess you'd say. Missouri shows a deficit, uh, uh, shows very low rainfall, as does northern Nebraska and most of the Dakotas. Next slide. So, Oh, okay, this might work, this might not. Okay, so uh, this is the soil moisture uh, content uh, based on some modeling and a little bit of, uh, of, of actual measurement. But um, the graphic on the left is showing surface soil moisture um, in terms of how wet the surface is. And it doesn't mean that you have a whole profile of, of wet soil. It just means that the surface, maybe uh, first few inches of, uh, of the ground uh, where it's dry or where it's wet. So, uh, to the southwest, if you will, uh, can- uh, Colorado, where the places that we just saw got a lot of got a lot of water, they're blue, which means above normal. And then the red, sort of yellowish, yellow to red areas are well below normal in terms of surface soil moisture. Um, the image on the right more or less indicates. Uh, a little more of the profile in terms of the depth of dryness across that area. Eastern Nebraska is really under the gun, as well as portions of Kansas and growing in uh, uh, Missouri. So lower basins having some issues um, and Eastern Dakotas, of course. Uh, Let me see if the next slide goes to the next, we see what happens with the next click. Does it show another map? Yeah, okay, so what we did there is on the left, we transitioned from just the surface part to the to a much deeper profile in the ground, all the way down to the ground, uh, groundwater, according to this, uh, the way NASA measures uh, soil moisture. So what we're seeing there is longer term uh, soil moisture deficits. So what we got in the West, High Plains was great, but it's gonna take a lot more and a lot more time for those places to really moisten up um, at depth and that's more or less what this is trying to indicate that those red areas out there um, would take a lot more water uh, and uh, will be borderline or in drought for 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 some time unless unless more more rainfall occurs over and over again okay next slide <clears throat> So here's the outlook uh, through the morning of June 15th, so the 8th, June 8th, which is, um, was that today? It is today. Today through the 15th, so the next seven days. If you add up all the moisture, uh, all the precipitation that could happen during that next seven day period, or this seven day period, um, this is what you get. And uh, basically the blue, the blue coloring to purple, um, is the important, if you will, uh, rainfall, not to say a half inch isn't important, but this time of year, uh, we can go through a half an inch, You can use a half an inch pretty quickly. So uh, it's, it's a good sign for a lot of areas that are super dry right now or have been dry. It's a continuation for, of wetness into Montana. Um, we're really hoping it does work out in uh, the lower basin. As you can see, the purples down there, we're, we're looking at uh, over an inch to, uh, maybe a little, a little over two inches, uh, pretty widespread across Missouri, uh, back into Kansas and uh, Nebraska, not doing too poorly over an inch through that area, and then kind of swinging to the north and west, like I said, up into Montana. So there's hope for some parts of the basin in terms of getting a little more moisture <clears throat> and rainfall. Next slide. Um, beyond that, the, the seven days beyond what I just showed you in terms of uh, Temperature on the left, precipitation on the right, uh, shows that we're going to, most of the basin, much of the basin, especially the eastern and, and southern parts of the basin, are going to get warmer than normal. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and the far western portions of the basin will continue, and this is it has been an odd pattern for quite a while, but we're kind of stuck in a block, which means the atmosphere isn't really moving Uh moving very fast or moving around very much. So we're kind of stuck in a pattern um, showing that below normal probabilities being enhanced over the western U.S., which, which includes the upper basin, uh, especially the mountain, uh, higher elevations. So um, I'm not saying it's going to snow, uh, but I am going to say that uh, the snow that's at the higher elevations will take more time to melt off, I suppose. And then um, the precipitation probabilities the next, on the right show that above normal signature for precipitation across uh, almost the entire upper basin, to be honest. Um, some of those are pretty little minor uh, leanings towards above normal precipitation, but the signature is there in terms of, of, of continuing precipitation week two, week two. Near normal, we hope at least near normal for the rest of the basin. Uh, during that middle of June period. Next slide. So at the beginning of the month, uh, this was updated. This is the June outlook for temperature on the left, probabilities, and precipitation on the right. Not a big difference in what we just saw um, on the last map. Uh, Cool west, Maybe not as expansive or as far uh, as far north as it was, but that above normal signature there on the probability of precipitation is hanging in there in Wyoming and uh, Montana, places like that, back through the, the, the central plains into southern plains there. So hoping that works out for some. Uh, we don't see a big negative in terms of precipitation for the entire month of June as a whole for for the basin. Uh, or, well, for yeah, for the basin states anyway. Next slide. Oh, you know what? Weeks three and four. Oh well. Anyway, um, I'm I'm looking at this, and I think I got the wrong graphic in here. To be honest with you, this is something we made last Friday. I'll just be real quick. Um, this is go back, go back one. Sorry, my apologies. I just want to rephrase what I said. Uh, this isn't for the whole month of June. This is for the rest of June. <laughs> so this is the outlook for the rest of June. Um, I'll just caveat it that way. Next slide. And then this is for the entire summer, three months of summer. Um, this was this was put out, uh, you know, May 18th. So I'm sure they'd tweak it now if they could. But as of May 18th, there was equal chances um, for, t- for temperatures to be above below, or near normal across most of the basin, a little warmer, uh, maybe uh, in the western western most uh, portions of the Missouri basin. Um, We'll see what happens in July and August. Uh, It looks like June isn't going to work out from that point of view in terms of uh, uh, temperature. But again, uh, when you average all three months out, this can still happen. Um, So we've seen it happen many times. We'll see what happens. Uh, in terms of precipitation, all I'm going to say about this is there's not a lot of confidence it's going to go one way or the other in terms of wet or dry or even near normal. So we'll just say equal chances for for, for pretty much the basin. Um, there is a slight hint uh, leaning, if you will, towards wetter than normal conditions in uh, Missouri. All right. All right. Next slide. Hmm kind of a drought status and outlook uh page here Um uh, the, the map on the left again is the missouri uh, basin and you can see the darker reds into almost almost a brown color um show the severity of drought the d4 being the worst and that's in nebraska and uh, portions of kansas and growing and maybe that's actually growing in nebraska too but growing in uh missouri uh, that's that's relatively new and if you look at the what we call the change map up in the upper right, upper right corner, over the last 13 weeks since March or so. um, This is the change, uh, change from, in some cases, the green color indicates wetter than normal, or wetter conditions, drought improving. Yellow shows drought getting worse. Yellow to kind of brown, shows where, uh, drought has gotten worse in the basin. So, like I said, the bullseye in that case and the change map is really over Missouri and portions of the lower basin, including uh, portions of Nebraska and Kansas. The outlook uh, released at the end of May for the entire nation, you can see there, is for drought to sort of continue in that South Dakota, Northeast Nebraska. Uh, Northwest Iowa zone, if you will, where that brown brownish color is. But uh, most of that gray area in Nebraska and Kansas and even Missouri um, looks looks to improve. And again, this is the outlook through the end of August. So, um, fingers crossed, that's true. It's not saying that the drought's gonna go away in most of that area, all it's saying is, we'll go from let's say whatever it is now, D2, D3, D4, to a lesser level um, we hope that is the case or go away for that matter next slide so key points and something i haven't mentioned yet is that uh, as of today as of this morning uh, the climate prediction center has issued an el nino advisory we were in a watch situation up until this point <laughs> excuse me as the Ocean, uh, Pacific Ocean Equatorial Waters, if you will. And uh, those of you who watch this and and you haven't looked at it lately, you ought to go look at it because it is hot in terms of uh, uh, ocean water, anomalous temperature. It's very warm, it's very warm at depth, meaning that the Climate Prediction Center is pretty uh, pretty sure of themselves and uh, forecasting uh, an El Nino um, that will, that, that is basically happening now and will, actually, actually, I shouldn't say it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet, but it, it's very likely it will. And um, what that means for us, and it's a, it's a big simplification, so we'll talk more about this in the NOAA world and the climate world over the next few months, is that, especially in the wintertime, Uh, As we get into the cool season, we're going to start noticing less, uh, again, this is a simplification. So warmer temperatures to the north and actually warmer than normal temperatures to the north, being uh, Montana, the Dakotas, that area, um, tends to stay warm, tends to stay a little drier. Areas to the south, we're talking Texas all the way to the Gulf Coast, sometimes all the way reflected to uh, the West Coast, uh, being uh, cooler than normal and uh, wetter than normal. Uh, we'll see if that happens. It doesn't necessarily mean we'll be in a drought situation. doesn't mean that necessarily. Some of the biggest impacts, however, do occur during the cooler part of our year rather than uh, in the summer. So I'm mentioning it now only because it came out and only because for future, maybe future reference and future decisions, um, people can look at that in and make some heads or tails of it. Again, we'll be talking about this, uh, we'll be talking about this phenomena for the next, uh, well, for the next six months, if not uh, uh, 12 months. We'll see. It's It looks like a big El Nino event. I'll just leave it at that. Um, it has been wetter in the west, the high plains into the mountains. Uh, drought development, <clears throat> but some drought development, continuing drought in the lower basin, especially, uh, in the short-term outlook, uh, week two, sort of through mid-May, uh, warm, warm in the eastern basin, leaning cool in the west, and precipitation wetter than normal likely in the western part of the basin, and then uh, longer, a little bit longer term, a slight leaning towards warm in the west, uh, equal chances of uh, of below. Above, below, and near normal, and most of the rest of the basin, and a slight tilt towards wetter in the lower, lowest, most portion of the basin. Um, longer term being, by the way, June, July, and August, so the summer. Um, we'll see how that goes, and I'll also advertise, like I always do, next Thursday, a week from today at 1 p.m. Uh, we'll be holding our uh, our climate summary out uh, climate summary and outlook webinar, and. We're going to have the state climatologist from Ohio do it for the north central part of the U.S., which includes the Missouri Basin. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Doug. And we will move over to Kevin Lau.
2: All righty. Thank you, Eileen. And as Doug said, um, I, too, wish to thank the uh, Corps of Engineers for inviting the National Weather Service to participate on this series of calls. Um, The bulk of the mountain snowpack has now melted. It was a relatively good snow year in the mountains with generally above-average accumulations at the time of the seasonal peak. Uh, As Doug said, it's been fairly wet over Montana, especially over the past couple of weeks with widespread accumulations little over two inches and a fairly large expanse receiving five plus inches of rain and these rains have caused the uh, milk river at glasgow montana to rise above flood stage this past weekend as well as flooding to occur along a couple of the tributaries to the milk river basin including uh, clear creek clear creek at chinook um, montana reached major flood category this past weekend and also the Musselshell River in central Montana uh, also reached minor flood stage this past weekend. Areas of Montana continue to be, uh, large areas of Montana continue to be under flood watches even today as significant rain is uh, remaining possible over the next two to three days. Uh, Currently our office only has one flood forecast Uh, that's been issued and that's for again clear creek and that's uh, again a tributary to the milk Uh, other where uh, other rivers that we will be watching over this coming uh, next few days include the big hole jefferson gallatin and the muscle shell all of these are expected to get close to minor flood level Uh, droughts don't preclude flooding as was seen in South Central Nebraska about two weeks ago. An area covering uh, portions of three counties received anywhere from three inches to over seven inches of rain in just a matter of a a few hours back on May the 26th. And that resulted in major flooding. Um, This area was categorized as being abnormally dry on the drought monitor that was valid for that time period. Four new stage records were set in the Republican River Basin, including two sites on the Republican itself, McCook and Stratton, and then two of our tributaries. Again, this was back in late May. Looking ahead over the next three months, as depicted on this map that is shown on this slide, flood potential is focused primarily on the southern third of the basin, specifically in far eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. Thunderstorm activity drives flood risk in this area. And we do expect episodic minor to possibly moderate flooding to occur in this lowest portion of the basin during the summer months. However, I must say the chance to see flooding is reduced from normal due to the dry conditions that uh, have set in or continue to be uh, ongoing. Uh, But we still have a better than a 50-50 chance to see flooding at those locations that are in color, um, orange and red. The Missouri main stem itself could see flooding downstream of Kansas City. Normally there's anywhere from a 50 to as high as a 70 percent chance for minor flooding along the main stem below Kansas City for this time of year. However, with the dry conditions we currently have in place, there's only like one or two locations that even come close to having a a 50 percent or better chance to see flooding along the stem, And as always, the James River in South Dakota remains in flood as it takes a very long time for the water to translate through that system. I suspect that some locations along the James River there in South Dakota will be in, in flood uh, through late May, or late May, late August. Um, yeah, through late August. So With that, that concludes uh, my National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. And back to you, Eileen. Thank you. All right, thank you,
0: Kevin. And I will hand it over to John Remus.
3: Uh, Thank you, Eileen, and thank you to Kevin and to Doug uh, for their insights. Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses, when we can, from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or reservoir system conditions. This includes ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from these large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the mainstream reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flooding event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. The 2023 Upper upper Missouri River Basin runoff forecast has improved over the last several weeks and is now slightly above average. Brian Larson and Mike Swenson will provide more details on how this will likely impact operations of the system. Even with a near average runoff forecast, the reservoirs remain below the base of the flood control And therefore, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures through 2023 and possibly longer. The conservation measures include reduced flow support to navigation and minimal winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is, presently, and will be adequate water in the reservoirs in, and in the ri- river reaches between the reservoir and below the system to serve all of the water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Inchiers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner-operator's responsibility. We will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the master water control manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 biological opinion. I want to again remind everyone that there will not be a Fort Peck flow test this year. Lastly, the runoff forecast and the projected reservoir releases and pool levels that Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my opening remarks. Thank you very much, and I will turn the discussion over to Ryan. Thank you, John. I'm on slide
4: 16. This graphic depicts the annual runoff for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa for 125 years of record keeping with the long-term drought shown in yellow. The 2023 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 26.8 million acre-feet or 104% of average, which is highlighted in red and is approximately the same as last month's forecast. Moving to slide 17. The near average runoff forecast for 2023 reflects the current drier than normal soil moisture in central and eastern portions of the basin and a slightly above average mountain snowpack peak that rapidly melted. As seen on this slide, above average runoff occurred during May, caused by the rapidly melting mountain snowpack. We are expecting slightly below average runoff during June and July as most of the mountain snowpack has already melted. Moving to slide 18. As Doug showed previously from the with the drought monitor, dry soil conditions still exist over much of the basin. The graphic on the left shows how current soil moisture conditions compare to the average soil moisture during the 30 year period nineteen ninety one through twenty twenty. The right graphic shows how those soil moisture conditions have worsened since March thirty first. I'd like to call your attention to the star in the right graphic, which represents the approximate location of the up of an upper Missouri River Basin monitoring network station near White Lake, South Dakota, and is within an area of soil moisture t- deterioration. Moving to slide nineteen. This graphic shows the five minute precipitation and hourly soil moisture at five different depths at the White Lake Station over the same period shown on the soil moisture maps on the previous slide. As you can see, soil moisture in the top eight inches of, soil, of the soil profile have decreased since March 31st, with a noticeable acceleration in drying since the middle of May. Moving to slide 20. Mountain snowpack peaked at 117% of normal in the above Fort Peck reach on April 24th, and 109% of normal in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach on April 6th. The mountain snowpack began to to rapidly melt about one week later than normal, but is currently about two weeks ahead of the average melt observed over the period from 1991 to 2020. As of June 4th, only 9% of the peak snowwater equivalent, or SWE, remained in the above Fort Peck reach, and 12% of the peak we remained in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach. In summary, the 2023 calendar year runoff forecast is 26.8 million acre-feet, or 104% of average. I will now
5: turn it over to Mike to discuss system regulation. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged 19,400 CFS in May. Releases are currently at 21,000 CFS. Releases are forecast to gradually increase over the next several days as needed to meet the downstream targets. Next slide. Slide 22 shows that the system storage is currently at 52.8 million acre-feet, 3.3 million acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. System storage has increased 3.2 million acre-feet since the end of April. Moving on to the monthly simulations or studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the variability that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic, or most likely, runoff forecast. Information on the other simulations is posted on our webpage. Uh, moving on to slide 23, and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Wahki are currently 6.7, 3.5, and 5.2 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2229, about five feet below the base of the flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 9,000 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1838, just slightly into its annual flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 22,000 CFS this summer. Waukee Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1605, about two feet below the base of its flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 30,000 CFS this summer. Uh, moving on to the next slide. Uh, slide 24 details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th storage check. We are currently providing minimum service flow support based on the March 15th storage. Releases will depend on downstream conditions and may be reduced in response to downstream flooding. The effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation flow support season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would increase to intermediate service, about 3,500 CFS above minimum service after the July 1st storage check, and there would be a full-length navigation flow support season ending December 1st. Uh, Moving on to slide 25, energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.6 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt-hours. And the last slide here, which is number 26, uh, shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you. That concludes my comments. I'll turn it back to you, you Eileen.
0: Thanks, Mike. And I forgot to mention at the beginning, but I swear, Chuck, I didn't forget you. Um, we'll hand it over to Chuck McWilliams to talk about Omaha District drought response.
6: Uh, thank you, Eileen. Um, here's a quick look at the... Um overall historical impacts we've seen as far as droughts can turn uh, across the Omaha District. And if we can go to the next slide, I can show you some of the impacts and some of the work that the team has done. Again, I uh, serve in the Operations Division of the Omaha District, the Corps of Engineers, as a Drought Response Coordinator, and this is a quick update of the work that the team has completed over the past 12 to 15 months. And the bulk of that work executed this past year was focused on several boat ramps along the upper main stem reservoirs, and that was to ensure that low water access remained at those locations. Silt removal and restoration or enhancement of temporary roads, such as gravel placement, those were the key elements in these actions. And the picture in the bottom right, taken from Walker Bottoms Recreational Area, gives an idea of the work involved. At Fort Yates Recreational Area, which is pictured toward the bottom left of the slide, our team also installed a temporary boat ramp extension due to the low water conditions. Now, similar access work was also performed along Lake Sakakawea at Deepwater Bay Recreation Area, pictured in the upper left, and Government Bay Recreation Area in the upper right, including some silt removal efforts just this past spring. Now, while we have seen improvement in the upper basin as far as drought is concerned, we'll continue to monitor for the reemergence of drought impacts through our enhanced coordination with interagency, federal, state, and tribal partners. And while the Corps is not authorized by Congress to perform operation and maintenance activities and in water intakes, we may provide technical assistance to a local community facing an emergency as a supplement to any state and local efforts. Thanks again for your time. Eileen.
0: Thank you, Chuck. And I also have uh, Mike Doolin on the line from the Kansas City District to provide an update on uh,
7: levee rehab. Yeah, hey, thanks, Eileen. This is Mike Doolin here, emergency management specialist out of the Kansas City District. Uh, I did just want to mention a couple things on levee rehab. Uh, Holt County number nine up in northwestern Missouri, uh, that was our last remaining breached levee in the district. Uh, that breach was closed back in mid March. And then last week, uh, final construction repairs were completed on that levee system. uh, And our survey crews were out there earlier this week to verify elevations. So construction is considered complete on Holt County number nine. That leaves us four uh, remaining levee rehab projects out there, Uh, one on the Kansas side, uh, just a little upstream of Topeka, and then three over on the Missouri side along the Missouri River at various locations. Uh, One north of Kansas City, one in central Missouri near Brunswick, and then one down in Warren County. Uh, But I would expect to have those four remaining projects, uh, construction wrapped up uh, prior to the end of this calendar year, if not just after. So uh, things are looking good, and construction continues on those uh, four remaining projects. So pending questions.
0: Thank you so much, Mike. And... um For those on the line, we will have a call next month. That'll be on Thursday, July 13th at one o'clock. And we'll get ready to move into the question and answer session. So uh, for the media on the line, this is the name of our speakers from today and uh, their job titles. If you need that information, we'll also uh, post it on our website. I'll move to the question and answer session. I have 47 callers on the line. I believe we were up to about 52 at one point. Um, so we'll field questions from congressional delegation members, tribe, state, local officials, and um, go through that in order, uh, alphabetical order by state to take your phone off mute. Um, if you use the webinar to call in, you'll need to unmute on the call-in screen. And if you've also muted on your phone, then you'll need to unmute on your phone. Star six may or may not take care of both for you. Um, please state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. All right, I'll start with the state of Iowa. Moving to Kansas, Missouri, Montana. Nebraska? North Dakota? South Dakota? Eileen, this is Jody at DRG Media Group and Pierre. Hey, Jody. Just wondering, uh, kind of if we know the status of all that water uh, from the flooding at Yellowstone last year, has that all Moved through? Has it gone down? I'm just kind of curious about an update on all that. I'll hand that to John.
5: Yeah, John had to step out for a minute. This is Mike. Um, yeah, we. It took us a while last year to sort of move that water through the system of reservoirs, but as of you know the start of this runoff season, that water was rebalanced in the upper three reservoirs.
0: Cool, thank you. Thanks, Jody. Any other questions? State of South Dakota. And Wyoming. And anybody uh, who wasn't able to hit the unmute button fast enough. All right, Mike, did John make it back to give closing comments?
5: He did. Uh, Sorry, I had
3: to step away there. Um, Just want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in uh, today.